this morning, happy Mother's Day. I, I hope as mothers, this is not the first time you've heard that. <laughs> I've hoped you heard it many times before or at least a text or a, a phone call from uh, maybe uh, children that are here or maybe around the world, literally. But we're glad you're here. And I believe God is going to God is going to be here, and I want to challenge you. I, th- I think this morning God is going to really speak to us, and I want us to be open to the Word and what He's speaking to us. When I, when I was a young boy, I've told this story before, but it's one of my favorite stories, and it can easily be misunderstood. So I'm one of, I'm one of six kids, and there's four boys, and as it was growing up in the summer in, in, uh, in, in Texas and the Dallas heat and such, you know, we basically put on our shorts, and that was it. <laughs> no shirt, no shoes. That's the way we played all day long. And we left, and we were gone all day, and it just the way it was. That, that doesn't happen anymore. But, but on the way out, I remember more than once hearing my mother said, boys, because I was number three out of the four, and we all ran out the door seemingly in order. I don't know how that is, so I would coordinate that. Hit that screen door, and the screen door was, was, was hitting. And as we ran out, my mother would yell out, Boys, boys, have a great time. Greg, be careful. You know, and you would think, hey, you know, that would be sort of an insecure thing, you know, just thinking. But this usually would happen. If someone was hurt, if someone was bleeding, if something was broken, that was me. Uh, and uh, so, you know, eventually I just wore that with pride. But this is what I knew. My mother was for me. My mother wasn't saying, Greg, you're, you're a wreck. You're, you're going to mess up. You know, you're going to kick plants off the stage or whatever. He says, you, my mother was for me. She was rooting for me. And, and I knew that at my, uh, in, in middle school, I played football. Okay, well, I was on the team. And uh, so they had this thing called f- uh, fifth quarter. And what would happen was they would play one half, and all the real players would leave and go to the field house, and all the scrubs, that was me, uh, would, would play during halftime. That was, we had no band in middle school, whatever. So we would play, we'd scrimmage each other. You know, the other scrubs would play for that, and we would play each other. And, that, and I got to play a lot. I got to, you know, that, that was fun. And, but I remember very clearly hearing my mother from the stands. Now, you got to think, okay, uh, the middle school stands is what you're thinking high school football stadium looks like. And the high school stadium, because it's Dallas, <laughs> the high school stadium is what the college stadiums look like. So it was a pretty big stadium, and yet I heard my mother yelling, "Yoo-hoo, Greg, go. Greg, you can do it. Out of, the, out of the, in that whole field, I heard it. And because she was encouraging, she, even though sometimes you might think, you know, she was being overprotective or too much, she believed in me. And it was rewarded when I actually made the team my senior year in high school and was a starting tailback to a huge 5A uh, uh, football team in, in Dallas and other, other areas. I, I didn't measure up, but you know how that is. But she always believed in me, and I always heard her voice saying, you know, come on, Greg, you can do it, you can do it, you can do it. And you know what? That's the heart of a mother. The heart of a mother believes and more, even though, you know, everyone else looking, thinking, what a loser. The mom said, no, 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 this, this, this come on, <laughs> this could, something to work out here. And what's interesting is I don't think that just is a, something that just comes natural. I think that actually comes from the very heart of God. I, I want to begin and tell you a story of two mothers. One is a mother, and one, you might think, well, she's not a mother, but she became the mother to millions literally around the world. It's a story of uh, Mother Teresa and Princess Diana. Now, Princess Diana was a mother by birth, 
And I would like to say Mother Teresa was a mother by grace because of what she did and how she helped and how she cared. But there's a story back about 1992 where Princess Diana was being absolutely crushed and overwhelmed with the weight of what she was supposed to do and how she was supposed to live and the crown that she was supposed to wear and how she was supposed to act. So she sets up this meeting to meet with Mother Teresa. And they come together, and Mother Teresa meets with anybody and everybody. That's just who she is. But the aide talks about how this was an extra long meeting, longer than she ever met with anyone. And they talked, and they talked, and they talked. And after they finished, they would go to the, ch- the chapel, as is the custom for Mother Teresa and whoever she was with. And they would take off their shoes, and they would go into the chapel, and they would kneel, and they would pray. So the story goes of this little bench that's in front of the chapel, and these two mothers sat down, Mother Teresa and Princess Diana. And it's a story of two feet and two hands. They say that the hands of Mother Teresa were the most photographed hands in the world. <laughs> but if you ever saw them, you wouldn't be impressed. They were old and wrinkled and sun-worn. They weren't impressive hands. Now compare that to Princess Diana's hands, which were immaculate and probably had the best lotion in the whole world on them. And as they sat on that bench, they took off their shoes. Of course, Princess Diana's feet were just perfect. (laughs) She's a princess, and she had princess feet. Mother Teresa's feet. Uh, I actually thought about having a picture, but... I thought I would lose people for the next 15 minutes because you would just think they are so uh, gnarly and worn and almost looks deformed. And you're thinking, how does her feet become like this? You see, she was wearing sandals that she had for at that point for 12 years. She never bought any shoes in her life. It was always given to her. And there was a box of sandals that came in 12 years ago uh, before this date, and everyone, she allowed everyone to get sandals that would fit them. And there was one pair left. That's what she took. That's what she put on. But they were too small. And over the years, they just pinched all of her toes together and actually deformed her feet. So if you just picture this perfect feet with this very messed up feet, both kneeling together. And the, the impact of this story you may be thinking, well, I'm grossed out about feet. But anyway, the point is, the impact of this story is what happens next. Because from this moment on, in all the things you might say were good or bad about Princess Diana, she had a mission because she literally changed. Because instead of just living up to being a, a princess where you just smile and wave, you know, do the princess wave. <laughs> or, or instead of just doing that, she took on the mission She took on the burden to help, and she did everything she could for the few times she had left before her tragic death to help, to help the poor, to have clean water for those that didn't, to do everything that she could. She took on the mission of Mother Teresa because, you see, in that conversation, we don't know the exact words, but some of it came out of, you can do more. <laughs> you don't have to wear that crown that way. You can do so much more. And she poured that in to uh, Princess Diana, who, who changed everything 
after that moment. And you see, I believe that that's the, the message for this Mother's Day. You can do so much more. There's so much more to come. If you're just really willing to trust and really believe, I have, uh, I'm one of six kids, and as I mentioned, and I had, uh, um, my mother had two younger sisters who never married, Nomi and Gracie. And they moved next to us and they helped us. So I really had three mothers. I was blessed above all others because these two godly women poured into us. And the, the thing I remember most about them, they were most certainly mothers by grace. The thing I remember most is the way they kept pushing and saying, come on, Greg, you can do it. You know, I, you look at my education now and doctorate and all that. But I remember, I remember in third and fourth grade where I thought I was going to fail, where the teacher wanted me to put me in a, in a special education class because they didn't think I could even learn or even understand. And those two uh, godly mothers of grace sat with me and pushed me and said, you can do this, you can learn this, you can understand this, and kept encouraging me, encouraging me, encouraging me all through all through high school, they are always there saying, you could do this, you could do this, you could be there, you can do more, you could see more. And you see, that's the heart of a mother. Mothers do this. I love when Jesus was with uh, Nathaniel and, and tells him something that shocks him. And they, How could you know that? That was a miracle. And Jesus responds in John chapter 1, verse 15, and said, hey, that's nothing. You will see greater things than that. And I'm here to tell you this morning, you're going to see greater things than you've ever seen. You can believe for greater things in your life, for your children, for your parents, for whatever. You can believe in greater things. And I believe that this is not just a, a nice saying. This isn't just an off-the-cuff remark. This was a foundational creed for Jesus. Jesus was always about, you can do more. You don't have to live this way. You don't have to settle this way. You don't have to do this. There is more, even when we're in a good spot. Even when we're in a good place, God is saying, you can do more. You can be more. This morning, I want to talk to you, this morning, just very briefly, about there's more to come. There's more to come, which I believe is a mother's heart. There's more to come. There's more that God wants to do in your life. And I, I, just, I want you to put that in your spirit this morning. I, I want you to stir that. There's more. There's more to come. It's not over. It's not done. If you're thinking this is not going to happen, this is impossible, this is done, there's more to come that God is going to do in your life. And I just want to spend a few minutes in Acts chapter 9. And it's an it's a, it's amazing story. Something that, that it's easy to miss the impact of what's happening in the story. In Acts chapter 9, Peter, it starts off, Peter is, is uh, in, about in the middle of the chapter, is it's roaming around. <laughs> he says, Peter begins to roam over here and, and to go over there and to leave Jerusalem. Now you think, well, that's no big deal. Surely he would. He's one of the apostles. But I want to flash back just a few uh, chapters before, and you get the impact of how powerful this was. Because in Acts chapter 6, and in verse 4, we, we, we see that there was a problem with the, the, the widows weren't being fed right. And so the apostles said, okay, we need to have some more help. And so they said, we're going to appoint these seven uh, deacons, for a, lack of a better word, elders. And, and they're going to administer and take care of, of all this. Now, what does that mean for the apostles? And then in verse 4, this is what he says. He says, we'll, and we will, the apostles, will give our attention to prayer and ministry of the word. We're going to give our attention to prayer. So they were praying 
and they were staying. That was how they saw it. Now, I'm, I'm not saying they were wrong. I'm just saying that's what they saw their ministry is. That we're going to pray right here because this is where the church is and this is where it started. This is where the power of the Holy Spirit was poured out. This is it right here. So we're going to be praying and we're going to be teaching and we're going to be staying, praying and staying right here. And, but something happened. Something changed along the way. And, and if there's any sort of a subnote to everything I'm telling you this morning, you need to catch that. Just because God has been dealing with you here or dealing with you there doesn't mean he's got, he doesn't have something more. <laughs> he doesn't have something greater. And we love our little boxes. We complain about other people's boxes. <laughs> they say, oh, you got to get out of your box. you got to do more. But we build our own boxes, and we say, this is who God is, and this is how he'll work in my life, and this is what he's done, and this is who I am. And God says, I have so much more. Don't put God in a box. God has so much more. God is willing to do so much more if you just open up your heart and open up your life and see what God is trying to do. God's going to do more. And so it's easy to think, well, no, wait, wait a minute, Greg, does that, does that mean I can never rest where I'm at? <laughs> Does that mean God's always going to, as soon as I get comfortable somewhere, he's going to move me somewhere else? I, was, I had a flashback to, uh, okay, it was a painful moment, a flashback to where I, took, I signed up my whole family into uh, something called body pump. And body pump was where you take these very light weights and you do these exercises over and over to music, you know, they think music will help, <laughs> it just frustrated me, but that was beside the point, okay, so you, you got to be coordinated, and you got to do this certain things, and you lift these weights, and you do these bars, and you, whatever, and, and what would happen is you do about, you do an exercise about the length of a song, and then you get to stop, <laughs> catch your breath, <sighs> But just for a few seconds. And then they start into another one, and you're doing some other exercise, and you're doing something. And the rest was just to help you catch your breath, but you got to keep moving. Mm. And you see, I believe with all of my heart, in our spiritual walk, in our spiritual relationship, we need to understand this same principle that God wants to work us, and we think, I'm good here, and God's good here, and God's going to do this, and this is who I am, this is what I'm doing. But then after just a moment, God has something more. God has something bigger for you. Now, I have to admit, the first time I finished that, I was a little sick, but that's okay. We got better. You work through that. That's what you do. You just keep going. You, you work through that. And sometimes you think, God, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have to start being that. I don't want to have to start doing that. I don't want to have to start giving that. Come on. Am I stepping on a few toes yet? I'll get there. Just hang on. I don't want to do those things because it's not comfortable. Makes you a little sick, but God has so much more. Here's, just, here's a thought. You see, God is always stirring more to come. God is always stirring. God is always, always, always stirring. As soon as we get comfortable, as soon as we get comfortable, there it is that we want to do that. You see, the children of Israel, they were in the wilderness, and the manna came down, and they're like, well, we like manna, and God fed them. But when they entered into the promised land, the manna stopped <laughs> the next day. And you see, when you move from the new place where God has you, what God's doing, and understand what I'm speaking spiritually in your life, when you step into a, a new area, a new ministry, or something you haven't done before, you might be thinking, I, I don't know if I could do this. But God always has and, and will always provide the more that he's trying to do. So in Acts chapter 9, we see that Peter starts leaving Jerusalem. That was a radical change for Peter. Something stirred him. <laughs> Something said, I just can't hang around here anymore, guys. This is fun. The church is growing. It's really cool. But God's got something for me. So he, he, got, he, got, he got stirred by the Holy Spirit. We need to get stirred by the Holy Spirit. We need to say, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? What are you doing in, in, in my heart? 
What are, you, what are you challenging me to do, to go deeper, to be more that you want me to be? And so this is what he, he does, and he goes down about 25 miles away to a little city called Lydda, and he sees a man, Ananias, who was lame and crippled for about eight years, prays with him, prays with him, and touches him and heals him. But the the power of all of this uh, story is that when he prayed with him, he, he didn't just leave him there. He actually tells him, now it's time to get up. And maybe your English translation will say, uh, get up and uh, uh, make your bed or roll up your bed. It's usually pertained to a, a, a bed of straw that was there. And it says, now get up and clean up what you were doing because you got something more. You got something, there's something else. This isn't just about getting up on your feet. This isn't just about standing up and saying, oh, I'm healed now, or I'm good now, or I'm happy now. This is about seeing the more that God has to do in your life. I love that. And it says that the whole city believed. The whole city? Wow. Oh, my goodness. Peter probably, probably was just like, oh, this is amazing. This is, I see, I get out of Jerusalem just a little bit. I go to this little uh, town called Lydda, and all of a sudden, God's healing, God's moving, and the whole city, the whole city believes. All of a sudden, the church just blows up. It's right there, and, and you can imagine Peter saying, okay, I'm going to start working with these guys and teaching these guys and doing this. But you see, <laughs> you don't get lost because the theme of everything we're talking about is God's doing more, and there's more to come. <laughs> there's so much more to come. And it would have been really easy for Peter just to settle down and work with that church and work with all those people. But almost immediately after he did that, all of a sudden another town, a little bit away, Jaffa, that, that said, hey, we have this, uh, this real woman of God, this saint, who's sick. Would you come and pray for her? And that was about 35 miles away. And then he gets to that, and we'll tell that story in just a minute. But he gets there, and all of a sudden, then when, the, when that blows up and everything starts going uh, crazy there, then all of a sudden, then uh, God speaks to a Roman centurion in another city, uh, Caesarea, that's 60 miles away. You see what God's doing? <laughs> see what God's doing? See, he's just moving us out. But you can't get to Caesarea where the power of the Holy Spirit fell, and all of a sudden all the cultural walls broke down and everything was, just, uh, was, was amazing in the church. You can't get there without taking that first step, without getting to Lydda, without going to Joppa, without getting to Caesarea. You cannot get there. You see, this is what you need to understand is that Mother see. And believe. And that comes from the heart of God. God sees so much more. God sees so much more. God believes so much more. And we are only limited by our lack of faith and by that condemnation voice in us. We all have it. It's so easy to feel condemned. I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I can't do this. And all of a sudden, we just, it makes us shrink and we get smaller, and we get smaller, and we get it. God's never going to heal me. God's never going to change this. God can't turn this around, and we just shrink and shrink. And God, that's not the heart of God. He has so much more, so much bigger, so much larger than what God's doing. Because, you see, here's a second thought. God's more to come always springs from the more given. This is, this is a tough one. We need to understand where it's coming from. The, the more that we have, the more that God wants to do, that always comes from what God is trying to do in our life, will come from the, maybe the small seed 
of faith or the small step that you've taken. And God will take that and always make it larger. There's a, a business principle I was taught uh, many years ago that if, if you have a real important job and you want it done and you want it done well, then always give it to your busiest person, the person that's overwhelmed, <laughs> the person that already has too much on their plate. Give it to them. And you think, well, that seems counterintuitive. Seems like it would be just the opposite. <laughs> Well, that's just because what happens is you give it to the busiest person and they're productive. They'll make sure it's done. They'll make sure it gets somehow, some way. You know, they'll quit on you next year because they're too busy, but that's not the point. The point is they'll get it done. They'll get it done. And you know what? There is a spiritual principle in this about when we take the step of faith and say, God, I'm going to trust you for this, and I'm I'm ready to go to Lydda. Are you ready to leave Jerusalem? Spiritually speaking, don't get lost in the metaphor. <laughs> but are you ready to take that step and say, okay, God, what, what, what are you doing? What are you saying? How do I need to grow? How do I need to change? How do I need to think differently about who I am and what God is doing in my life? And this is what happened is it, he, was, he was in Lydda, and all of a sudden in Joppa they said, come, because we have this really godly woman, and she's very, very sick. Now, it seems to me as you read through Acts chapter 9 that they asked Peter to come before she died, because they said she was sick and then she died. And that makes the most sense. And on the way, she passes away. She actually dies. Now, all of a sudden, you're starting to think, wait, this sounds familiar. Because this, this story mirrors almost identical to what happened in, with Jesus and Jairus' daughter. When he says, hey, my daughter's sick. And he says, okay, I'll come. And then on the way, he finds out that she's passed away. And Jesus said, come on, keep believing Keep trusting. You're on the way. And sometimes when you're moving from Jerusalem to Lydda and from Lydda to Joppa, as you're moving that way, things go wrong on the, on the road. It seems like you're getting smaller, you're getting weaker, it's getting harder, it's not improving, and you want to just go back to Jerusalem. And I'm telling you, God has so much more. God has more for your family. God has more for your life. God has more for the blessing that he's promised. You just keep believing and keep hanging on. This, young, this woman was named Tabitha, and she, uh, we don't know if she was a mother. She most certainly was a mother by grace. She might have been a mother by birth. But she, when Peter gets there, there were all these widows, so either she worked and took care of the widows, or she was probably a widow herself. And they all worked really hard and made clothing. And she was the best. She would make these incredible, expensive, beautiful, beautiful clothing. Not to sell, but to give to the poor. To give to those that couldn't give back. And because of this, they were, they were showing Peter, this is what she did. This is who she was. She did such amazing things. She really helped the poor. She did such a great, great things. And the Spirit of God was moving in Peter, Peter thinking, hey, there's, there's more to come. <laughs> this is just the start. And I'm telling you, there's more to come in your life. There's more to come if you trust God and believe that God has so much more. And so he goes into the bed where they laid Tabitha, where she had passed away. He takes everyone out of the room, just like Jesus did. He gets on his knees, and he prays. I love the commentaries. He said, well, they, Peter probably did that because in case it didn't work, he didn't want to be embarrassed. <laughs> Whatever. The point is that he had faith, and he's praying, and he said, Tabitha, and, and, which is just amazing. He said, Tabitha, 
get up. Now, Jesus said, Talitha, which means little girl, get up. The comparison, again, is to show us that this is all about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It was always about Jesus. Every story is always about Jesus, no matter what you see. And Jesus and Peter said to Tabitha, Tabitha, get up. And it says that she set up. <laughs> Tabitha means beautiful. It means gazelle. She did such incredible work, but how many know there was more to come? God had more for Tabitha to do. And you might think, Tabitha might be thinking, no, just leave me in eternity. I'm happy there. But there's more to do, and I'm telling you, God has more for you. He is not done. He is not finished. And we need to have faith to believe, God, what is it the more that you have for me? And so she sat up in bed. She, the, the resurrected power of Jesus Christ filled her, and she sat up in bed. But that didn't, it's not where it ended. <laughs> And if there's ever a lesson for us to catch this beautiful Mother's Day, it's this one. Just because you sit up, just because the resurrection is there, just because you have that salvation in your heart, that doesn't mean where it ends. That's just the beginning. There's something so much more that God has uh, and God wants to do in, in our lives. I want you to look at, at Acts chapter 9, verse 41, because after she sat up and after uh, Peter uh, prayed for her. It says he took her, here we are, now full story, by the hand and helped her to her feet. It's always about the hand and feet that God has for you. And they might be old and wrinkled. They might be worn and gnarly. They might be beautiful princess feet. But the hands and feet were always meant to go do something because God has so much more. I want that in your spirit this morning, the hands and the feet. God activates hands and feet to love, to go. So instead of praying and staying, which, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying don't pray. I'm not comparing that. And I'm not saying that there's not a time that we are someplace. I'm just saying that in our spirits we need to understand this is about doing and going. <laughs> This, this is about touching and reaching. This is about uh, allowing God to use you in the biggest ways you ever thought possible. You see, and here's my last slide. God's more to come always comes with power. <laughs> he, he doesn't just say, I got more, good luck, <laughs> hope it works out for you. No, 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 no. When he is saying, I have more for you, I have something greater, it's always uh, with an empowerment to change the world around us. It's always there. You see, we're raised to resurrection, and we get up in power. We're raised up in the resurrection of Jesus Christ in our hearts and our salvation, but we get up in the power. We get up and God activates our hand. God activates our feet so that we're touching and loving and, and reaching out to people around us. You see, it's always about the, the outpouring because no more than when this happens, then God actually speaks and an angel comes to uh, the Roman centurion and say, hey, Cornelius, I need you to go send for Peter. <laughs> Uh, and, 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 I, and, and bring him over there, bring him back. And it talks about Cornelius being a man of faith, uh, even though he's a Roman centurion, a God-fearer. So someone that believed in Jehovah, believed in, in Yahweh, believed in God, but he was a Roman. And so he understood a little bit, but God had, had so much more. The power of the Holy Spirit was about to be poured out and about to be poured into his life and change everything. See, it would have been easy for him to think, well, I'm good, I love God, I give to the poor, I take care of all these things, and that's it. And God says, I got something so much more. You see, you're more that God has, the more to come that God has for you. 
whether you think you're the weakest, the youngest, the most sinful in this room, or you think that, you know, God has you at a great place, wherever that is, God has so much more. When I was in Uganda, one of the highlights, besides working with the children and everything that was there, uh, was to go up to this waterfall. And we were at the very top of the waterfall. And it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big stream, but it's just moving nice and steady. But as, as it gets closer to the waterfall, it just begins to roar. The sound is overwhelming. You could taste the water in your mouth. You could feel it on your skin. Because, you see, in Uganda, they don't care. You fall off, you drown. That's the way it is. There's no guards. There's no rails. It is, hey, it's the way it is, you know. If you're silly enough to get so close to slip on this rock and die, another American tourist, whatever. You know, that's the way they think, the way they behave. So there's no guardrails or anything. And so everyone's getting a little bit close. You know, of course, as the leader of the group, I'm going, hey, guys, come on. But there's something in me that wants to get as close, and the water, the rocks are right there, and it's wet. And if you slip, it's over. It's done. There's, there's just no more. But you want to get close because it's just power to, to stand and to see the waterfall come down and, and to feel that. It's just amazing. And I want you to see that picture because that's what God's Spirit is doing. It it comes as a gentle flow in your hearts with salvation, with grace, and with forgiveness. But God moves in a powerful way. And the outpouring of his Holy Spirit is meant to change and to to touch lives around us in in a way that cannot be stopped. You could not, nothing nothing we can do outside of stopping the river up and creating some kind of dam. Once you're at that waterfall, you can't stop it. There's nothing to stop it, and that's God's power in you. That's what God is doing in you, and that's what I want us to, to be stirred with this morning. God, God is so powerful. I want you to smell it, not the water. I want you to feel the presence of God this morning. Taste that God is good, and know that he's loved you and forgiven you and is moving in your life and moving in your heart. You see, Simon stayed with, uh, um, or Peter stayed with Simon, who was a tanner, which was not allowed by the Jews. He broke all kinds of rules because all of a sudden he, he started to say, you know what? God's doing something. And God always breaks up those boxes. And I believe right now that there are boxes of, of doubt, of fear, of anxiety, of nervousness in our hearts that God just wants to break up with the power of his Holy Spirit. And he said, Craig, I don't know how to break it up. I, 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 don't, I don't know how to do that. It's okay. Just allow the waterfall of your spirit to get in there. Nothing's going to contain it. <laughs> Nothing's going to hold it. You think, well, I don't think I can live up to being a Christian, or I, I don't think I could live up to being in this ministry or doing this or caring here or giving this or loving here. I, I don't think I can do that. Nothing can hold it. You trust God. Allow his spirit to, to flow out of you. I love Mark, uh, John chapter 14. And look at verse 12. And this will end with this. Jesus said, whoever believes in me will do works that I've been doing, that Jesus did. Do you believe that you can do the works that Jesus did? He said that. That's what Jesus said. Do you believe that? you got to start there. <laughs> you got to start there. But 
there's always more to come. <laughs> That's what I love about this verse. You've got to start there. Believe that, that God's grace, God's power, God's forgiveness, it's so powerful in you that you will see even what Christ has done on top of that, and they will do even greater things. Now, that just blows our minds. Then we just say, God, how does that figure? What does that look like? I don't know, but let's find out. Come on. Let's find out. Let's see what God's going to do in our lives. Let's see what God's going to do in our families. I believe there's going to be healings. The power of God can touch our bodies. I believe that with all my heart. I was praying all week, all week, and just felt it all in my heart that right now the Holy Spirit, I don't know if there's sickness in this place or if there's in, uh, failures in your bodies or if there's something that's wrong or disease, but in the name of Jesus, right now, God, I just pray. Let the power of your presence and forgiveness flow in our lives and flow out of us, God. And God, let it bring us into a, a restoration and a healing. God, I believe you right now, you're opening up doors. You're opening up opportunities. You're opening up things that are closed in the body would be open and healed and whole and well in ways that, God, we can't even imagine. God, I believe you're going to bring a healing, God, where the doctor said, this is all we can do. God, you are able to do so much more. And God, I pray for that. I believe that. I'm confessing that because there's more to come, God. There's so much more to come. And God, even online, even people watching right now, God, I believe with all of my heart, you're going to touch them. You're going to heal them. You're going to raise them up. You're going to restore them. You're going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon them financially, in their home, in their family. And God, no matter how far the children may be away from, the, from you, God, you're going to bring them home, just like you brought the prodigal son home. God, I believe that with all my heart. We're praying for that. Allow your spirit to move through us this morning. God, we give you thanks. We give you praise that you're able to do this in our life. With every head bowed, nobody, nobody looking around for just a moment. And I, I want your full attention online. If your heart isn't right with God, God's got so much more. He loves you. He did everything for you. He died for you so that you can know him. He said, Greg, I, I don't even know what that means. It's easy. Just trust him. Just trust him. Just say, I need you, Jesus. Forgive me of my sins and trust in him. The thief on the cross just simply said, remember me. And Jesus said, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. You can do the same. And in your heart, whether you think it's, I need to say these words or that word, you just say, God, I need you. Remember me. So, Father, I pray right now for anybody, for everyone, online or in this room, that, God, they, they've been trying to do things on their own, and they can't make it happen because the more never comes. And all that comes is disappointment and failure. But God, in your grace and in your love and the power of Jesus Christ, you can forgive us of all of our sins, of all of our failures. God, I'm praying for that, and I'm believing for that right now. And God, in our hearts and in our minds, we just cry out and say, God, remember us. Forgive us. God, if we're stuck in a box... We're stuck in, this is who I am, and this is all I can do, and this is all I can be. God, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you break down those walls. Let it be like a mighty waterfall flowing into each and every one of us, rivers of, of life flowing out of us, God, that changes everything around us.
God, I pray for that. I pray for that for every person here, for this place, for this church, for this ministry. And God, you would do that in our lives. And we give you thanks. Everybody said, amen. God is good, isn't he?